baptize we greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. We hope you had a great time on Sunday. Amen. Amen. We as well traveled safely and had a great time at the Willows Assembly. Amen. Now, without waste of time, let us go to our Bibles. Amen. Uh, Romans 9, from verse 9. If you found it, it reads in this manner. It says, for this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac. For the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob, I have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Hallelujah. There's our God speaking there. And it says, What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? God forbid. For he saith to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So then it is not of him that willeth, nor of him that runneth, but of God that showeth mercy. For the scripture saith unto Pharaoh, Even for this same purpose have I raised thee up, that I might show my power in thee, and that my name might be declared throughout all the earth. Therefore hath he mercy on whom he will have mercy, and whom he will be hardened. Thou, thou wilt say then unto me, Why doth he, he yet find fault? For God resisteth his will. As we bow our heads, gracious Heavenly Father, we have read the portion of the scripture. We are just going to have a fellowship around you, the way to dear God. We thank you for having made this day and for allowing us to come for this gathering. May you be gracious to us, Heavenly Father. Whatever we are going to read here, let it not just be a mental conception, but let it be something that will ignite our faith. Let it be something that will be able to make us to stand solid to dear God, especially in the end time where we live during trying times. Paul spoke and said, perilous times shall come. And here we are, we find ourselves right in the midst of that. But Lord, we know on whose side we are on, dear God. We are on the side of Michael. He is a victor through and through. And that is why we just want to thank you for having handpicked us in the end time and made us to be message believers, dear God. A lot of people would have wanted to know about this message. I remember when Brother Brennan spoke about Marilyn Monroe and said the reason she was troubled is because she needed something like this message of the hour, but it never got to her, dear God. And Lord, how much more about us this evening that this message came our way. 
this message, it is an expression of the grace of God in the end time. God help us never to in any way handle this message casually. Help us not in any way to take this message for granted, dear God. It took a lot for this message to come our way. None of us were deserving, dear God. It only took your grace that from our various backgrounds, many of those backgrounds were undesirable, but your grace, dear God, was sufficient enough. And that is why we are here this evening to worship you, dear God. We want to commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. While you take your seats. Amen. Just a couple of minutes, we are just going to speak on the, I just want to say, mercy is unfair. Hallelujah. Mercy is unfair. Hallelujah. That's what we want to look at this evening. Amen. Um, that is why from the text that we have just read, God said to, for he saith unto Moses, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Amen. This is the, this is the sovereignty of God. And actually when you read Romans Right there from the beginning, from verse 1, it says, I say the truth in Christ. I lie not my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continually sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a case for, from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. Amen. And I don't know how many here have got a burden in their heart that your loved ones could make it into the message. How many still have a burden, folks? Amen. Hallelujah. How many still testify to their loved ones? Amen. Amen. Yeah, we live in during a time people don't testify anymore. Amen. But I can tell you if you, if you, if you really work hard, and testify to your family and tell them about this message and make your life to be salty that they desire to be like you. Uh, I can tell you, if your faith was enough to save you, it is enough to save your household. Uh, Hallelujah. I would imagine there is no one that would want to spend eternity without their loved ones. Uh, Hallelujah. We want to spend eternity with our loved ones. Amen. So you've got to pray for them, you've got to, to encourage them, you've got to testify to them, but above everything, you've got to live a life to them. Are we together? Amen. Paul, you can see Paul says, if it were possible, he would rather be a cast from Christ, so that he, for the sake of his brethren, who were kinsmen according to the flesh... But he says, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises, whose are the fathers and of whom, as concerning the flesh of Christ came, whose, whose over all God blessed forever, amen. 
not as though the word of God hath taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel. Hallelujah. Now, just before I start, Brother Branham says something striking. He simply says, I think he has given a recipe about how he lived his life. He says, it's true prayer that I live today. I live by the grace of God through prayer. Hallelujah. And while I read today, if your prayer life is cold, your life will be cold. If your prayer life is lukewarm, your life will be lukewarm. Amen. And when we say prayer, we're not referring when you come into church and we pray a prayer, but we are simply referring to where you've got moments alone in your closet and you submit yourself to God and have a communion with God. Hallelujah. The problem today is that we, we, we come to church, but many people do not have a relationship with God. Hallelujah. Uh, and for you to have a relationship with God, you've got to acknowledge that he is. Hallelujah. And you've got to acknowledge that he is present tense in your life. And there are matters that you can take to him and he can respond to, to those matters. Hallelujah. Because when you've got a relationship with somebody, you speak to them and they speak back. Yeah. Hallelujah. You can never say you've got a relationship with a person that you never speak to. Hallelujah. I hope we are together here. Don't have a relationship with religion. Have relationship with Christ. Are you still with me? Now, I say, I want to speak on why I say mercy is unfair. We live in a time where a lot of times people will throw statements like, it's unfair. Hallelujah. And I would like to say to you, mercy is unfair. Because mercy is sovereign. And I will tell you why I say mercy is unfair. It, it struck me, I was reading about a woman in the Bible. Her name was Tama. Tama was married to one of the sons of Judah. And after uh, one of the sons passed away. And he got married to the next son. Hallelujah. And then according to the Levite law was that this son had to continue the family name. But we find when we read there that he spilled the seed on the ground. And God was displeased with that and struck the boy dead. Are we together? And after that, Judah says to Tamar, and say, I would rather you go back to your father's house. And then when my third child is of age, later he would come and marry you. Yes. Hallelujah. And the child came of age, and Tamar went back to her father's, in her father's house. But nothing happened. And later, uh, one of the daughters of Judah's wife passed away, and Judah was now in mourning. And now it was, he had to plan a journey to go somewhere. And somebody went to tell Tamar that your father-in-law will be on his way to such and such place. And while the father-in-law was on the way at such and such place, Tamar heard about it and she took off her morning clothes. Hallelujah. And she dressed normally. She dressed like a prostitute. And she went and waited for Judah on the way, on his way. And when Judah came, he, she tempted Judah. And Judah impregnated her. It's quite amazing because, you know, you speak about 
incest, incest when you speak about that. You speak about prostitution, you speak about adultery. But uh, by the Bible takes Tama and plugs her into the lineage of Jesus Christ. How, how can such, a, such a, a wicked woman be brought into the lineage? That is why I want to say mercy is unfair. Hallelujah. Uh, there, are, there are many women that, were, that, that you could have deemed. I mean, when you look at Tama and you compare Tama to Hagar, it looked like Hagar was much better. But uh, Tama was horrible, but Tama formed the part of the family tree of Jesus Christ. Are we together? Uh, amen. Now, let us move there. The next person that we, I want us to look at is Rahab. Rahab was a prostitute. Hallelujah. She was not an innkeeper only. She was a prostitute, folks. We've got to put it across for what it is. There's no way that you can glorify what she did for a living. She sold her body. Hallelujah. But uh, when, when the two spies were sent into Jericho, the first place that they went to, they got into the house of Rahab. But listen to the words of Rahab. She says, we have heard about what God has done there. Hallelujah. And we know that this land belongs to you. And we know that no one can stand before your God. But I need you that the day you come, you must make a a vow to me that you will preserve my household. This is now a prostitute knowing who God is. Hallelujah. And Brother Branham says it can only be by revelation. Hallelujah. But check the very and 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 and, and I, I hope you'll be with me here. Rahab, what saved Rahab was not when the two spies got into a house. What saved Rahab, it was not when the scarlet was there put on her house. What saved Rahab was when she received the seed that made it to be part of the lineage. Are you are you are you here, folks? That is why even you, what saves you today is not you coming to church. It's not you picking the spoken word. It's not you just being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But to receive the seed of God and be impregnated by the word of God. That's what, that's what saves you. Are we together? Amen. But later we find out that Rahab uh, 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 got married. And after she got married, she formed part of the lineage of, of Jesus Christ. She's one of the great, green mothers of Jesus Christ. But when you look at her, she was a prostitute. Are we still with me? Let us come to another man that I want to speak on or before we get to the... Let us look at Ruth. Ruth was a Gentile. Ruth was a worshiper of the gods of Moab. Ruth, when you look at her, her life did not resemble any way holiness. But we check that Ruth followed her mother-in-law and went back to Israel and accepted the God of Israel and was married to Boaz. How many women that were in Israel that were deserving to be married to Boaz? But God made Boaz to bypass those women and marry Ruth. Hallelujah. Despite Ruth's background, that's why we say mercy is unfair. Hallelujah. 
And maybe so that it can sink in this evening, there are many people that were deserving to be message believers, but God bypassed them and came your way and made you a message believer. And when you look at them, some people you think this person is good, has got sweet spirit, she could be a message believer, he could be a message believer, but they've got nothing in them to accept the word of God. But you... That was undeserving. There is something in you. When the word was presented to you, a gem of life inside of you moved. Hallelujah. And who put that gem of life there? It was the almighty God. Are we together? And we know that later Ruth got married to Solomon. And here, bear with me here. During the time of Israel, there was the house of Judah and there was the house of Aaron. The house of Judah, it was the, the house of Prince Wood, of royal wood. Are we together? And the house of Aaron, it was the, the, the house of priesthood. So they were running parallel. You could not be a priest and be a king at the same time. Are we together? So that means if you were part of the Levite, you could not be part of the royalty. And if you were part of the royalty, you could not be part of the priesthood. Are we together? But it's quite amazing when you go and check in history. It says the two lines, the two uh, 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 priesthood and royalty were running parallel. But when it got to Solomon, they converged. And that made Boaz both the priest, hallelujah, and, the, and, 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 and of royalty. Are we together? That's why the scripture speaks about the royal priesthood. Because what's happening? They have converged in Jesus Christ. Boaz represented Jesus Christ. Are we together? He was both a priest and he was both a prince because they converged to him and it made Boaz to be both the prince and the king and the, and the priest. Are we together? Are you still with me? Now we come to another man here. His name was David. David, the Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. Oh, goodness, if there is one man that was, a, uh, for a lack of a better word, a horrible sinner, it was David. David did it all. Yeah. Hallelujah. He's the kind of man that committed adultery, and after he did, he even planned murder. Hallelujah. He's a man that went and conducted the census of Israel without even being authorized by God. Hallelujah. He's the man that there's a lot of, when you look at the life of David, it was a life of contrast. But I want to tell you if there is something that was special about David, it was his ability to yield himself to God. David had the ability to repent, folks. Hallelujah. And when David repented, it was not a lip service. He meant what he said. Hallelujah. And when God looked at the very man, he says, this is a man after my own heart. This is a man that had the highs and the lows. Are we together? And when you look at David, it looks like it could not be a man that was worthy to become part of the lineage of Christ. But God pulled David to be one of the great grandfathers of the Messiah. Are we together? And that is why we say, mercy is unfair. Are you still with me? Now, let us come to the text that we have just read here. We look at the two young, young men, Jacob and Esau. Jacob, by the name itself, represented he was a supplanter. This man was a deceiver. But Esau was a man that was there. He took care of his father's business. Esau was loyal to the cause. 
Esau was there when his father needed him. And when you look at Jacob, Brother Brenham says Jacob was more leaning towards his mother. He, look, he said he used to be a sissified boy. He went around holding the father's apron. Are we together? But let me tell you something. Even before the two sons could be born, God says, I have loved Jacob and I've hated Esau. This is before they even committed sin. They did not know the difference between wrong and right. But God's sovereign election took hold even before the young boys were expressed. Are we together? And once they have expressed for knowledge, hallelujah, when God's elect, God's election looks at the full knowledge, God, even before you were born, God knew the choices that you were going to make. Are we together? And there is no choice that you make that surprises God. And on the basis of his foreknowledge, that's why God can elect you. That's why God can predestinate you. Are we together? So that means even today, old as you are, everything that you have ever done, God knew about it. But isn't it amazing that Paul comes and says, before the foundation of the world, he chose us in Christ. Before we came here, before we could live a Christian life, before we could do anything, God in his sovereign grace, he handpicked you and said, that's my son, that's my daughter, even before you were expressed. And no one can overrule the sovereignty of God. If God chooses you, no one can unchoose you. If God says you are mine, no one can take you out of God's arms. Are we together? This is the before the boys could be born. And he goes further to demonstrate that when Pharaoh was there, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh. And I'm simply saying here, folks, it depends. The gospel is here to do two things, to condemn and to save. It condemns those that were not part of the gospel from the beginning. It saves those that were part of the gospel from the beginning. And the more the word is preached, some people's hearts are hardened. And the more the word is preached, some people's hearts melt. But it depends on who you are. When the sun rises, if it finds ice on the ground, it will make the ice to melt. But if it finds a clay, it will make a clay to be hardened. It depends on the substance. It's not about the sun. The sun just brings out the best on what is there in the substance. And if you are a child of God, when the S-U-N-S-O-N rises and shines upon your life, it will express what is inside of you. And we are getting at an hour where a real gold has got to be differentiated from a plated gold. Hallelujah. I hope, I mean, Sister Tabeti works with leathers and understands that there is a genuine leather and there is a leather touch. A leather touch when you walk into the house, hallelujah, and if it is still new, it looks beautiful. It looks attractive. Hallelujah. But one day while you are sitting, all of a sudden your elbow, hallelujah, creates a hole on the leather touch. But uh, the time will determine what is real between the genuine leather and the leather touch. And I'm saying time will determine who are the real Christians from those that are not real Christians. And let me tell you something. The reason the rapture was delayed, Brother Brenneman says, is because of the readiness of the church. They could have made it into the promised land in 10 days. But God took 40 years to test, to make sure that it is the right material that will arrive in the promised land. The rapture could have taken place many years ago, but God delayed it. So that he can test what is genuine. 
Are we together? Amen. I hope the people are still expecting the rapture. <laughs> Hallelujah. I still hope people are still striving towards the rapture. That if it takes place at any moment, I should be ready. Hallelujah. And if you are going to the rapture, it's you that know that I'm going into the rapture. And going into the rapture requires a certain level of consciousness of God's presence in your life. It makes you to live a certain kind of life. Not because the pastor is there. Not because the deacons are there. And let me tell you something, folks. We are living in a time when no one will police you. Either you are going or you are not going. No, no one is going to have a big stick and push into heaven. If you were made for heaven, heaven is yours. And it will show you through your life, wherever you are, that you are on your way to heaven. And I much better put it across. When you live a Christian life, you are not trying to impress the pastor. You are not doing a pastor a favor. That has to do with your eternal destination. Because there's coming a time where the soul will be separated from the body. And when that time comes, the pastor won't be there. The church won't be there. You will be there and go through that process alone. And those that have gone through that process unprepared, they screamed at the top of their voices because they saw they saw that they were now being ushered into a bottomless pit where there is darkness. But those that have gone and their lives were right with God, when that moment came, they started worshipping. Like that old veteran that said to his two sons, I want you to lift up both of my hands and say, what a great day it was when I accepted Christ. It depends when the time comes. And folks, there is nothing. As painful as having lived in the message church, stayed in the message conferences, stayed in message services, and miss it. And let me tell you something. It's amazing that you could be here in the message for many years, and at the last moment you can exit and die and go to hell. And somebody can just come in today, a drunkard, Die tomorrow and make it to heaven. This is unfair. Amen. And you would understand that sometime when you don't appreciate mercy, you develop an entitlement mentality. And no one was entitled to be in the message. It is by grace that we are in the message. Are we together? Another woman that I want to come to is the Samaritan woman. Hallelujah. Brother Brenham, when he speaks about the Samaritan woman, uh, Brother Brenham says he was, she was 18 years old when she met Christ. And I, I, I said, goodness, at 18 years old already you've got five husbands and you are staying with the one that does not belong to you at 18 years of age. That is a horrible life. But let's, let's listen. The church rejected the Messiah, but the Samaritan woman recognized the Messiah. Brother Branham says in this message, the future home, he says in paragraph 157 or 156, now here it is in this little woman. She was one of his attributes. And there was the priest representing the light. He had learned from the Bible. He had learned that God was God. 
he had learned that holiness was right. And that is the greatest danger. Those people that just learn and it is not revealed to them. He he was learned that there was a law of God. He had learned it because of an intellectual conception. And he was born in the right lineage. He was a Levite. But he only knew it by intellectual conception. When the light of the hour, see, he learned it by what had happened, not what was happening. What had happened when he found out what was happening, his denomination said nothing about it. Therefore, he had no representation of it. Are we together? But here, here was the Redeemer on earth at that time to redeem those attributes of God. And she received it. She never questioned it. She said, when the Messiah cometh, he will do this. And that settled it. He said, I am the Messiah. So that settled it. No more question. She just went telling everybody else, come and see who I found. Are we together? This was a a prostitute woman. But the high priest, the priest, had learned it about what had happened. But the Samaritan woman was looking at what was happening. There are people that are, are in the journey based on history. But there are people that are on the journey based on what they see at the current time. And I can tell you, if you are in the message because of historical events, at some point in time, you are not going to stay for far long. But if you are here and you say, oh God, I thank you for what you have shown me today. And tomorrow you wake up and say, God, I thank you for what you have shown me today. Then you've got the enthusiasm for the word of God. But if you are only here because of what happened in 1990, Your experience has gone stays. Hallelujah. And and I can tell you, my friend, you are not going to defeat the devil based on the past experience. The devil devil knows the real thing. When you come, you remember when they met those guys that pretended to be Paul. He says, Paul I know, Christ I know, but who are you? Because it depends on what you know at the current moment. And I've heard a lot of people reminiscing about how great it was when we came into the message. You remember that conference? You remember what? Let me tell you something. It will never stand before the table. We are looking for the believers that can say, Today, I've had a a fresh experience with the Almighty God. Hallelujah. The priest knew it about what had happened. But the Samaritan woman knew it about what was happening. And when you know it about what had happened, you lose enthusiasm. Hallelujah. I don't know how many of you, when was the last time we were reading a spoken way? And as you were reading a spoken way, something from the spoken way struck your heart and you just put it a spoken way. You almost wanted to run up and down in the house. It's because you are learning about what is happening now. But somebody reads the same spoken word and even doses off. Somebody puts the same tape and doses off. What is the difference? The problem is not the tape. The problem is the listener. Are you still with me, folks? And we are not interested in history. History has never defeated the devil. Denominations they are premised on what God had done. 
When you go among the Westlands, they say, you remember when our mighty preacher John Wesley, when you go among the Lutherans, they speak about the time Martin Luther preached. When you go around the Pentecostal, they speak about the Azusa Street. When you go to the people that are in the message, some of them, they talk about what happened in 1963. It's nothing wrong about what happened in 1963. But unless you are able to bring it into current reality, it is of no use. You can say, Brother Branham did that, Brother Branham did that, Brother Branham went to such as a But what is God doing today? Because although Brother Branham is taken of the sin, but God was never taken of the sin. A real believer still experiences God, even in 2017. But to experience God, it needs dedication. It needs you to yield yourself to the Holy Spirit. It needs your prayer life to be sorted. Hallelujah. And I had much better say this, folks. Brother Branham said there are many people that are going to be in heaven that are going to surprise you. And I want to take the same statement and bring the flip side of it. There are many people that are not going to be there that will surprise you. You will be walking down that table and wonder, why is this one here? Hallelujah. Imagine if you were Stephen and you were murdered by by Paul. And now Paul is where Stephen is. A murderer and the murdered are in the same place. Mercy is unfair. Hallelujah. But mercy is God's sovereign grace. He, decides, he will have mercy to him. He will have mercy. Even though even after Peter, after Paul had murdered Stephen, Paul was still a servant of God. And God overlooked the murder and took the murderer to the same place where the murder was. And if it was you and you, I, when we get there, Hallelujah. There are people that have wronged you. You say, ah, this one, the way they've wronged me, they must never make it. Hallelujah. But that is not how God operates. Hallelujah. I can imagine the family of Stephanas when they go there, they realize that the murderer has made it in heaven. And the murderer and the murderer are now having a fellowship about the grace of God. And so you remember the service where you preach and I murdered you, but on the other side. That's what grace will produce. Grace is beyond human comprehension. Because humanity, if you trouble a human being, he sets limits and says, based on what you have done, you will never go far. But let me tell you something, God's grace is unlimited. God's grace is expressive into the person that you made him. It's unworthy of grace. Are you still with me? Amen. Brother Brenham says here, in this message, the expectancy. He says now there is something, it is during discernment. He says there is something strange about you saying, Satan has desired to take your life. And that is why whenever we come to the service, and folks, coming to the service is very important. Because God allows certain things that the doctors cannot see, psychologists cannot see, the way it descends those things. And when the way it descends, the way it brings the cure. He says, Satan has desired to take your life. You are all torn up. You think you have sent away your day of grace. 
That's why the devil would want you to believe. You think your life is ruined. Do you love Jesus? What makes you love him? Before there could be anything to there to make you love him, there has to be a creator to create the love in your heart. Is that right? If you had sent away your day of grace, you would not hate Jesus. But you love him, and you are all right, and the devil is just lying to you. You are nervous. Come here, I'll cast him away from you if you will believe. Do you believe that? This person came thinking that their day of grace is done away. But the prophet is able to discern that and say, listen, for the mere fact that, and that is why, folks, you must go and read the message so that I'm present. If you can commit the wrong thing and you come to church and you go back home and you come again and there is no condemnation, you must be extremely worried. Brother Brenham says when you cross that line, you can still hear the, pro- the, the gospel, but you'll have no desire to do the right thing, even though you still enjoy the gospel. And he says that was the third pull ministry was for, to the doomed. And when you have done something wrong, and you come into the service, and you feel condemned, it means that there is something genuine that is still in your heart. And Brother Branham takes it further and he says, if you come to a church and you feel you don't have anything to repent for, you are worse than a person that is on the street. Paul says we die daily. That's why when we come to church, we measure ourselves. How do I compare with the word of God? And if we realize that there is a gap, we go back, we pray, and God helps us. And little by little, we begin to conform to the image of the Son of God. Are we together? But I can tell you, if there is no that uneasiness, there's a problem. A real believer, every time when they wake up, they've got an uneasiness. When they come back from work, they've got uneasiness. God, whatever I've done, may you forgive me. Because why? They want to have a closer relationship with God. But the one that just goes into the motions of church coming, let me tell you something. You can die while you are in church. Are you still with me? Amen. And Brother Branham says, or the Bible says, for the children being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand. Not of works, but of him that calleth. And I think this evening we must be thankful that he called us. Amen. Amen. We did not choose ourselves. He chose us. Many of us were unworthy. Some of us were the products of, 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 or we were born out of the wedlock. But God overlooked that and brought you in by his grace we had much better appreciate his grace. Are we together? God bless you richly as we stand up.
We love you, Lord. We adore you, Lord. We lay our lives before your throne. We love you. We sins are confessed. He says, oh, that God doesn't show me, oh God. Mm. It shows, oh God, Heavenly Father, that when they are under the blood, yes. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, no man can fish those sins, oh God. Mm. And Heavenly Father, Lord, oh God, we are thankful, oh God, that we have been forgiven. We are thankful, oh God, Heavenly Father, that you have called us. We are thankful, oh God, even for the word that comes in such a way, oh God to tell us, oh God, Heavenly Father, of the unmerited favor that yes. you showed unto our lives. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, we just want to pray, oh God, that Lord, help us, that Lord, oh God, we can take, oh God, Heavenly Father, each rebuke, oh God, Heavenly Father, to have that personal experience, oh God, that Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, we might not just be coming to church and believing the word, Lord, O oh God, Heavenly Father, speaking about what the prophet did, but Lord, O oh God, that, O oh God, we can also have our own testimony. Yes. 
that we can also have our own testimony, oh God, of that third pool in our own lives being manifested, oh God. Heaven Father, we just want to pray, help each and everyone as we go to our different homes. Lord, oh God, Heavenly Father, protect us and lead us even through the week that is remaining. And Lord, oh God, may we be a testimony, oh God, to the world. May we be Bibles that, oh God, Heavenly Father, the world can see, oh God, that yes. they are still true Christians, oh God. Yes. We have been saved, oh God, Heavenly Father, by your grace and love, oh God. We just want to praise you, committing all things into your hands. In Jesus' name, believing. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. God bless you till we meet on Sunday. I'm not here on Sunday. Uh, I'm at Pyramid Tabernacle. Uh, those were long pending invites. You'll just bear with me. I'm in and out, but next week you will see me. Amen. God bless you richly till we meet. Give us a song. Oh.